I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. a lot of cows along the Camino de Santiago, and they show up in a lot of my stories. But this story is titled, Holy Cow, and you'll see why. This story might be one of those that you ask, wait, did this really happen? And so as not to spoil the story, yes, it did. Just not exactly with him. And now, Holy Cow. I wasn't exactly sure how this was happening, but Jesus was present along the Camino. For all of the ways this didn't make sense, how could I argue with Jesus? No one could predict when or where or for how long or in what circumstance he would be present. But just knowing I might at any time get to be with him put me in a state of standing on my tippy toes. You know that feeling when there's something going on that you really, really want to see. And so without even realizing it, you're standing on your tippy toes to get the best view you can. That's what it felt like. Just the fact that Jesus was here or at least always near definitely kept things hopping and me wide awake. Often I would come across him walking with someone and having what looked like quite an intense conversation. A couple of times I would join a group that he was telling a story to. Often I would see him talking with kids and the look on his face made me guess they were his favorites. Sometimes I would hear from others about where he had been and what he had done. I wondered how many times I'd walked by him without knowing when he had chosen to take some time by himself in the countryside. You should know that every now and then I didn't really have a category for the way he showed up. Those times were definitely unusual, but somehow made sense at the time. I will confess, though, that although I will try, it's not always easy to describe. Like the time he picked me up on a motorcycle, or the time he walked out to me on the water in that little bay near Finisterre. But my favorite times were when the two of us just walked along the Camino. I imagine the story of this day will be the one my grandkids say as I'm putting them to bed. Lolly, please tell us one more story. Tell us the one of you and Jesus walking along the Camino and you go in that field and you meet the, you know, and I'll say, but y'all have heard that one so many times. And they will say, please, Lolly, pretty please with a cherry on top. Tell it to us again. And I will. Jesus nudged me and nodded toward a field. It was wide and bordered on all sides by a fence. We could see that the trail followed the fence line, turning left around the corner, skirting the field's edge. Jesus wanted to take a shortcut. Pilgrims are encouraged to stay on the trail and off of the private property that the Camino winds its way through. But it was Jesus, after all, the there when the world began Jesus, who wanted to take it. So we tossed our packs over the fence and climbed over ourselves. It was once we were all of the way over, with our packs strapped back on and walking again 
that we saw it. The field had appeared unused with tall grass and a few trees dotting here and there. We quickly realized though that it was occupied by something quite unexpected, a massive bull. He had been standing in the shade of a tree, but had seen us and was now clearly sizing us up. To my dismay, he stamped his foot and began to lumber toward us. In a few yards, I heaved a huge sigh of relief upon seeing that around his massive neck was tied a thick rope. I breathed a sigh of relief. Surely he was tied up to the tree. Yet as he continued toward us, the rope continued to trail behind him. Soon it was apparent that the other end was not tied to anything. He lowered his head and picked up his pace. I gave a little yelp and made a move to run, but felt Jesus's strong hand clamp down on my arm. Don't move, but we won't make it. I glanced at the fence and realized he was right. Even without our packs, we were too deep into the field to outrun the powerhouse that was barreling toward us. Some part of me recognized that, yes, somehow my heart really can jump into my throat when so inclined. Another part of me visualized the inevitable, which was nothing short of a human becoming a shish kebab. Yet another part of me traveled over the Atlantic to our home, where I imagined my family hearing the news that I had finished my pilgrimage in a random field on the horns of a Spanish bull. And I imagined them saying in unison, ole and amen. But through all of this, there was a constant that held me to reality. Jesus's hand on my arm. And although his hold on me did not quiet my brain or remove my fear, it showed me the way to go in the midst of it all. He wasn't just holding me to reality. He was holding me through it. Meanwhile, the bull had increased his pace and was bearing down on us like a humid heat wave in a Georgia July. Jesus's grip on my arm tightened, sensing that my fear might dictate bolting and still trying to make it to the fence. Trust me, was all he said. The tone in his words prompted me to make a decision, and I made it. Instead of looking at the imminent source of dread, I would look at the present source of hope. I turned my eyes to his face. I stared at Jesus. He stared down the bowl. I had never seen Jesus like this before. What was it that shone in his eyes? I had seen mirth, compassion, exhaustion, sadness, patience. Was this fierceness? Whatever it was, I did trust it. Yeah, Jesus, I thought, show him who's boss. That's the tactic I would try, at least, to in intimidate the bull into thinking that I was somehow stronger, that he better not mess with me and Jesus or else. But again, I was missing the mark. If this was fierceness, it was a different kind than I was used to. There was no bravado. There wasn't really even a challenge in his message. Strangely, it was just like he was reminding the bull of something. Then at 10 inches away, okay, 10 feet away, the bull turned to the side and took a few steps to allow his mass to slow down. Then, like he was a baby calf, frolicking on a sunny day, found a little patch of green grass, laid down, and nibbled on it. My heart settled back down into its normal place inside my ribcage. 
And I even fancied the bull shyly peeking up at Jesus every now and then. This fierceness I had witnessed was different than any I had ever seen before. It wasn't the intimidation or flexing of muscles like in the movies or the boardrooms or on the streets. This was a fierceness rooted in the truth of things. Jesus was master of creation, of which this bull was part. He didn't need to intimidate or use force. He just needed to stand in the truth of who he was. And the bull just needed a little reminding of that truth. Mm. And that truth had set me free literally saving me from the horns of a bull. I asked Jesus if I could pet the bull. Are you serious? He said, have you seen those horns? (laughs) 